find out a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is, our friend, our counselor, our guide, and our encourager, the one who breathes his life into us and empowers us to do the works of Jesus here on the earth. So to help us find out a little bit more, I want to start by looking at who the Holy Spirit is in the scriptures. And to do that, we've got to go right back to the story of creation. The Holy Spirit doesn't just rock up after Jesus ascended into heaven. The Spirit of God has been active and moving from the very beginning. And we see that in Genesis verses 1 and 2, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim, which means breath of God, was hovering over the waters. The word hover has been translated from the Hebrew word rahaf. It's not used that often in the Old Testament, but it is used in the book of Deuteronomy to describe an eagle protectively hovering over its young. The Holy Spirit was moving at the beginning of our story with a protective love, just like a mother with a newborn baby. The Spirit of God was at work forming and creating the world in love. And we know as well when we read passages like Psalm 139 that the Spirit of God was personally at work forming us in our mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. The Spirit of God was knitting us together in love. Love is the central lens through which we understand the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the love gift of the Father and has come to pour God's love into our lives. Let's take a moment to think about that. The Holy Spirit has come to pour God's love into your life. And right throughout scriptures, the Holy Spirit shows up everywhere, communicating God's love, initiating God's purposes, and manifesting God's presence. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, creating and is still at work, renewing, transforming, and innovating. Uh, we talked a little bit about the temple in Jerusalem and the work of rebuilding it, which was, which was to be a spirit-led work, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That was the second temple as the first one had been destroyed. But if we rewind back even further, what we find is that the Spirit of God is there in the middle of the architect's office leading the design work of the first temple. First Chronicles 28, verse 12. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple and all the surrounding rooms, for the treasuries of the temple of God and the treasuries of the dedicated things. And the Spirit... God is still creating and releasing imagination and innovation. So that's good news for tomorrow morning, wherever you might find yourself. And if you sit there at your desk or wherever you might be tomorrow morning with that Monday morning feeling of, oh, the weekend's over already, invite Holy Spirit come to release imagination and innovation because he's with us every day. The Spirit of God 
is still releasing dreams over this city and over this community. From Isaiah chapter 11, we learn that the Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, and the Spirit of the knowledge of, and the fear of the Lord. And then when we look back at the Gospels, uh, at what the Gospels say about the Holy Spirit, what we see again is that the Holy Spirit is showing up everywhere. And indeed, the Holy Spirit played a major part in every major event in the life of Jesus. His mother Mary conceived him by the Spirit. Not long after, she meets up with her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant as well, and the baby leaped for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Joy came upon her. And then there's this beautiful moment during the baptism of Jesus when the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And you find this in Luke chapter 3 at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You're my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Some of us need to hear that this morning. All of us need to hear that this morning. Theologian, author, and pastor Simon Ponsipi says this is crucial to grasping the church's own relationship with the Spirit who brings intimacy and authority. God has called us here in this church to raise up an army who know who they are and what they carry. We're talking about two things there, identity and authority. Who know who they are and what they carry. Just as it was for Jesus, so it is for us. The Spirit of God comes to reveal the love of our Father. The Holy Spirit reveals our divine identity. And it's from that place that we walk in our spiritual authority. So if you want to walk in more spiritual authority, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the love of the Father to you. Ask Him to reveal who you are, your divine identity. It's from that place that we walk in our spiritual authority. After his baptism, Jesus uh, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he faces temptations from Satan. Uh, imagine facing that without the Spirit of wisdom and understanding and the Spirit of counsel and of might that Isaiah referred to. Every trial and temptation that we face, the Spirit of God is with us. And if the Spirit of God is with us, what can stand against us? We are more than conquerors. Jesus then comes back from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. We read about his return in Luke chapter 4. Uh, it says, Jesus, uh, verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where, Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, 
to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And from this point onwards, Jesus healed many. He raised the dead back to life. He cast out demons. He fed the hungry. And he restored the hearts of the broken. The Spirit empowered him to release the kingdom of heaven. We too are called to live a Spirit-empowered life just like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus means that we act like him. We do the things that he did. And we talked about this last week. Finally, let's take a brief look at the Spirit of God moving upon the early church. It starts with a group of uh, believers waiting in an upper room for the gift the Father has promised. Jesus had repeatedly spoken to them during the three years that he had with them. He had repeatedly spoken to them about the promise of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 15 to 16. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The era of the Spirit working through people in amazing power had started with Jesus, but that was just the beginning. The Holy Spirit would no longer be contained in temples made by human hands. What Jeremiah had prophesied was about to come to pass. He said, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. It's a prophetic promise that one day God's Spirit will dwell within his people. And so about 120 people were all gathered in the one place as they had been for about 10 days, praying and waiting. When Lonnie Frisbee prayed, come Holy Spirit, they didn't have to wait very long. The group of 120, they were praying and they were waiting for 10 days. How long are we willing to wait? How hungry are we? for the Spirit of God to move amongst us. And so their waiting reached the crescendo during the Feast of Weeks, which was a prominent feast in the Jewish calendar that celebrated the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Thousands of people would travel back to Jerusalem annually to be there for this event. So the city of Jerusalem was absolutely packed. Uh, and the Greek term for this festival was Pentecost, as it was 50 days since the Passover occurred. And this is what happened. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that were separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And what happened next was incredible. 3,000 people responded to the empowered preaching of the gospel that day. The church was born into the original mission of God. And what was also significant about the timing of this was that the Feast of Weeks was also known by the Jews as the, the Feast of First Fruits. Here we have a significant evangelistic harvest when they gathered in the first fruits. But the good news for us this morning is the best is still yet to come.
story isn't finished. The baton passed to the church, to the followers of Jesus, to take responsibility for advancing the gospel to every nation on earth. The Holy Spirit is active in speaking to his people, to his church, and to the world that he loves all around us. Our job as Christians is to give him permission to move in our lives and in our gatherings. I want to ask you a question. You don't have to, I'm not asking you to answer me now, but I want you to take this away with you. Have you invited the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life? Have you given him permission? Or are you holding back? Is there some things that you're holding on to? Don't miss out on the gift that the Father has promised. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul reminds the church to be led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.18 says, If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. As a church family, we try and make space in our gatherings for the Spirit of God to move amongst us. It's our heart to create a place of encounter where the Spirit can touch us and speak to us. We want to be a naturally supernatural people. We definitely want to welcome the Holy Spirit and embrace all that he is doing, but we don't want to create hype and put an unhealthy emphasis on physical manifestations or even on the gifts of the Spirit, because what's going on in our hearts is much more important than anything that's going on outwardly. We all experience the presence of God differently. For some people, that can at times appear quite dramatic. And for some others, it's quiet and it's peaceful. And so what we actually want to put an emphasis on on is the fruit of the Spirit. And that's not an overnight transformation. It's not something that happens just from going to one conference where the Spirit moves powerfully. God forms us and shapes us to be like Him as we cultivate a life of intimacy with him, and we allow our hearts to be sensitized to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. We had a powerful morning last Sunday, and as we have more mornings like that, as God meets us and moves amongst us, let's be mindful to look for the fruit of the Spirit. Because of all we do is have power-filled mornings, but we aren't kinder, we aren't more patient, more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, showing more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, and more self-control, then what's the point of it all? 
Writing to the church in Corinth, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can follow all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love. Again, nothing. So much of the fruit of the Spirit grows as we abide with each other in relationship. For me, the most important moments in church over the last six years haven't been powerful sermons or ministry times or anything that's happened up here. It's actually been the unseen moments where God has been forming and shaping my heart. Moments, perhaps, where I've had to go and apologize to somebody. Moments where relationships have been restored. Because God's more interested in me and us becoming gentler, kinder, more patient, more loving, and all of those things that Galatians 5 talks about. We are the project. Our hearts are the garden that he is tending to. And you know, we might read that list in Galatians 5 and think, goodness, whenever I measure up my life against those things, I see more things in the first list than I do in the second list. How do I get into the second list? Kinder, more patient. Well, the only way is to be led by the Spirit. The only way to have the fruit of the Spirit is to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's actually not that hard to do. (laughs) We can cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit by carving out time in our day for him. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a little minute. Um, You may have heard this quote before, all word and no spirit. We dry up all spirit and no word. We blow up both word and spirit together and we grow up. In the vineyard, we are a word and and spirit people. The scriptures are our plumb line. We love the Bible. We preach it. We teach it and we want to live by it. We hold in tension the biblical doctrines of the Christian faith alongside our passionate pursuit of the present day work of the Holy Spirit as we learn to be a people who are led by his spirit. I was uh, putting new strings uh, on a guitar for Joshua yesterday morning for a string to function uh, properly uh, and to be able to make nice music. Uh, you need tension at both ends. You also need somebody that can play it nicely as well. But for it to get past the first hurdle, you need to have it tensioned at both ends. For us to grow as healthy disciples, disciples of Jesus, we need to be stretched and formed by the word of God and by the Spirit of God. We talk a lot in this church about rhythms, building healthy rhythms into our lives, into our weeks that keep us connected to the vine, that keep us connected to Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through reading scriptures, the Word of God, but I want to encourage you to set time aside to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit as well. Several years ago, um, when I had Rebecca and I had just started going to Belfast uh, City Vineyard, I heard one of the pastors there talk about how he just sits in a in a chair and puts out his hands like this, and he prays the same simple, ancient prayer 
Come Holy Spirit. And then he just waits. And so I heard this and thought, well, if he can do it, so can I. And so I've built that into my rhythms uh, in the morning or whatever time of the day you have that time where you've set aside to spend some time with Jesus. Uh, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Allow space for him to come and meet with you. And you might want to just put your hands out. It's just an outward indication that your heart is open, that you're hungry and you want more. If we want to be a people who are led by the Holy Spirit, we can help that by cultivating a relationship with him. And as we're led by his spirit and guided by his word, we'll be transformed from the inside out as God forms us and shapes us and makes us more like him. We are the project. Let's pray. You guys want to come back up? Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit.